G'day, Sean and Anthony here. Uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Tell us what you really think. We're just going to cover off on reviews of different uh, financial services, apps, technology, articles, services, and products. We think there's a lot of uh, a lot of bullshit marketing out there at the moment, and the reality is we can see through a lot of it. We deal with these products on a daily basis with our clients, although this is going to be completely unbiased and completely unsponsored. It's just our general opinions based on our financial experience. We think we can add a lot of value and you can do a lot of research through this podcast on different things that you're considering to help you and your financial well-being. We hope you enjoy. Anthony, welcome back. Thanks. I'm looking forward to this one. I know. It's... Uh, been a couple of weeks. Was, was, I guess it's coming down to a couple of things. A, we don't want to produce shit. Mediocre content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, had a, we had a guest lined up. It's been moved out once or twice. That's going to be a cracker. Yeah, so for sure. Looking at recording that next week. Um, this week's is, is pretty timely in, in what we want to uh, talk about revolving around the media. Mm-hmm. How powerful the media have, have shown that they are to... Uh, influence consumer sentiment, influence people's perception of the world and conditions, and how little the media need to actually know about yeah. producing an yeah. article and posting it on a medium like uh, Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter or something and spreading to millions and millions of people, tens of millions of people in a couple of minutes without any real thought as to whether or not this is going to create more problems or is it going to solve problems by spreading news and informing people? Yeah, and it's trying, it's, uh, trying to get them to avoid the clickbait nature ah, of their articles. They see an article and you go, oh, geez, oh, geez, that's controversial. Let's click it rather than the facts. Because, yes, it's not sexy and they're not going to get as many views, but it's, it's a lot of it scaremongering, especially around COVID and, and the property market. Mm. Um, the property market, I've seen, like, we've, we've, I guess we get. We get news from a few different sources from, from our profession. We get some from the, the likes of your banks. We also see, yeah. we're also, you know, signed up to all different property investor mags and property investor this, this, uh, the financial review, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. There's a different language that's spoken in all those different mediums. This is it because they're speaking to different audiences? There's also um, different content and the, the, some of the shit we're seeing now is chalk and cheese coming yes. from various sources. <laughs> um, yeah. Like some of the banks that have come out with their independent reports yeah, are completely different. Absolutely. It started back, I think it was the 13th of May, when CBA announced that they believe house prices could fall between 11 to 32% by 2022. Not only is that a big window, but continue. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a big <laughs> percentage variance. Yeah. Um, but, but clearly the, the media just jumped on the 30%. And ran that as a headline, prices could drop as much as 30%. And that's just what has gone with yeah. like wildfire. Yeah, like wildfire. And, that, and no doubt they said, I didn't see the article, but no doubt they said uh, CBA spokesman or CBA spokeswoman has reported this. Yeah, yeah. It was actually the CEO, Matt Coman, yep. that, that made the announcement. Um, I think he was speaking to a couple of the, the media outlets and, and they've really run with it. But what was really interesting to say, okay, that's CBA's view. CBA... Mm. I think they are the biggest bank in Australia and they're, yep. they're very and, – and they obviously have got a significant amount of data to make those assumptions. Yeah. So um, – but then you go, okay, that's that's one bank. Let's look at it across multiple banks and, and that's where you get some big differences here mm. because the different banks have the different views. So when you work, work through it and, and NAB said they'll expect a uh, fall of about 10% mm-hmm. in the next 12 months followed by 2% the year after – 
So right. that's at the bottom end of the range of what CBA thinks it's yeah. going to be. And then you've got um, lenders like ANZ who believe it's only going to be a 4% reduction this year, followed by another 6% the following year. Mm. And then a recur- recovery thereafter. Recovery, yeah. So... If you looked at that and you looked at the medium figure of that, yeah. you're probably tending to be towards that 10 to 15%, yeah. not up at 30%. And that's yeah. why we're saying there's good fundamentals to say it's probably not going to get to that 30%, but it's what all the media run with. Yeah, it's um, that shits me that they don't need to... like. There's not They're not really accountable mm. with what they're producing and what articles they're... So now... Like the baby boomers needed any more encouragement to to believe that there wasn't going to be a property crash coming. Yeah. Um, so now the baby boomers I've noticed probably are sitting on the hands the most. Yes. Um, they've been con- more conservative. They obviously grew up with different conditions than us uh, mm. around the, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it's probably those sorts of things are, are really going to affect that that generation. The younger generation as well will often follow yeah. the recommendations or the, the, the ideas of their folks. So... Now you've got an enormous amount of people who are probably yes. just going to sit on their hands and not do a great deal. Yeah. But then again, there are also an enormous amount of people that are still going out and mm. reading other articles. Have we got any examples of another article written by written by someone about the more uh, positive outlook for the for the property yeah. space? Yeah. When you're looking at some some stuff out there, and uh, Louis Christopher from SQM Research, I find is a really good. Uh, source of information. Mm-hmm. So for people out there to to have a read of his stuff as well as you know Core Logic. Yeah, Core Logic's interesting. Yeah, they're good. And and you look at some of their numbers and and you say okay, you have four thousand properties hit the market in the last month, which is a twelve percent increase on the previous month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whilst it's still about four percent down on this time last year, it's still at some trending at some reasonable numbers. Mm. Uh, the the big talk is stock levels are low. Mm. Yeah, but when you look at these new properties coming on, it, it should, um, I guess, uh, become more normal levels uh, in the next few months. But there's some there's some reasonably good indicators, not that doomsday scenarios here. Yeah, and um, buyer demand. Yeah, buyers buyers are definitely back. Um, you know, we're seeing it ourselves mm. just with people getting ready to to get back in the market. So late last year there was that massive rush into the market, and the market picked up pretty quickly mm. before the pandemic. And then those buyers are still there. They still need a buy. They just didn't, and they've gone into hibernation for for a while. But because of all this uh, lockdown, people have been able to save money. Mm. So if anything, they're in slightly stronger positions, and don't get me wrong, for a lot of people out there, COVID would have affected Mm. people. But we have just found that the people that were most affected in those areas, whether it be uh, hospitality or retail, they maybe weren't people that were looking to buy properties. Yeah, I think demographically um, those industries probably that were affected most income-wise weren't the ones that were the gearing up to buy, you know, their, their first or second property. But yeah. at the same time, I think there's a um, – there's a I've, I've seen two sides of the coin in what some people are able to get bargains and other people are able to actually – going to a really competitive space and they're going up against four or five other couples or four or five mm. other people to try and win the property. So I think we can we can comfortably say, getting back to our point, the media has no fucking idea what is no. going to actually happen. No. Um, they report on, like, like you said, they're just the, the clickbait articles. Um, and I, I, I find it, and not even to mention what's happening with the, uh, with the, the protests and stuff around the world as well, the... Yeah. The, again, they're chasing the clickbait on that and showing all of these, all these really, really uh, negative and powerful 
um, messages which are important, but the way in which that they're reporting mm-hmm. it is not is not helping the cause. It's not really helping anyone. And I think there's got to be like why aren't the media accountable for what they're producing? Yeah, isn't there? I know that they say there's a media watchdog and whatever else, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice if someone came out with just some some factual evidence mm. um, that people can read, be engaged about. So I'm mm. sure you can write it in such a way people can be engaged, but give the actual facts yeah. around it. Because um, we're seeing on on the ground with the property market being in finance and seeing a lot of people transact and speaking to a lot of people um, that you know uh, buyers are back and and you know from a deferment of banks point of view that stopped mm. so a lot of clients are getting off the deferment of repayments yeah i've had so a few cancel it they went yeah. on to it because the opportunity was there and then all of a sudden now they've gone and there was an unknown yeah, there was an unknown for a lot of people and they're saying no things are improving um and, and like I said, yeah, COVID has been quite industry-specific. It has, you know, in some way or shape or form affected everyone, mm. but, but some not as much as others. And, and then you've got some, some stimulus stuff that the, governor do, the government are doing, like the first-home buyers and, mm. and the, uh, the uh, I guess, the grants and, and the opportunities that they've got now, which yeah. is fantastic. Yes, the home builder, uh, home builder grant, uh, we just modelled out some numbers with one of my clients in the country who is looking at... Um, being able to get the $20,000 first homeowners grant, which is independent of the home builders grant, which is available to first home buyers and non first home buyers. Yes. So the home builders grant basically applies to anyone who wants to build a new home for owner occupied purposes and they want to um, build for, well, the, the, the end project must be less than 750000 mm-hmm. And if they're a single person, they're going to be less earning less than 125 k If they're a couple, they're going to be earning less than 200 k that is going to be suitable for an enormous, enormous amount of people, not only first-time buyers but potentially upgraders or uh, anyone else who wants to just go into uh, getting into a new place. So that'll be awesome for Absolutely. the building industry and it'll be awesome yeah. for that sort of thing. Watch the Cowboys come out of the uh, come out of the woodwork to try and get onto this one. They'll be offering $2,500 deposit on land and yeah. we'll, we'll sort out the rest, the rest. of the grants. Um, so hopefully, happens. yeah, it does. And hopefully people can hold or maintain some sort of integrity because I think we did get rid of a lot of that stuff after all the other grants got taken away in the in the late 2000s, early, uh, early sort of mm. probably eight, nine years ago. Yeah. But now I reckon there's probably going to be a massive opportunity for, for shifty shonky uh, operators to come back into the space. Mm-hmm. But you can effectively work it out that you could effectively buy a $400,000 house with yep. a with fifteen thousand dollars that you put into the land, so you go out. And you, this is in regional regional yes. Victoria specifically. Um, so fifteen grand, and you can go buy the land, build your place, move into your place, and then once you get your your grant, you'll probably have around ten grand left over if you borrow ninety percent. So um, pretty pretty awesome for like those young couples and stuff in the in the country that'll work really well. Um, some of the other grants have probably been shadowed now because they're not yeah. that like the super savings scheme and that sort of thing have been a little bit less effective. Yeah, um, okay. It's still your it's still your money. You're still saving it. You're just getting it at a better tax rate. Yeah. Um, but if we any thresholds on yeah, so maximum six hundred thousand dollar purchase. Purchase. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they've all got different thresholds, which is weird. Yeah. They should just have a uniform threshold approach to all, yeah. all four of them. But technically speaking, you could get the low deposit. First home buyer scheme, which is the no LMI product, which came out the 1st of January Mm -hmm. uh, 2020. You could get the home builder, which is the one that came out the 4th of June. You get your first home owner's grant, which is your 10,000 in the city or 20,000 in the country. And you get your stamp duty waived. 
That's great. So you could potentially get the get the the quad whammy. Yeah. And if you were if you were really all over it, then you can do the the super saving scheme as well. But yeah. to try and get all those thresholds to work together is pretty hard. We looked at it for another customer, but it got a little bit tricky. Um, Looking at so looking at the positive spins that have come out of um, this and the positive news, massive uh, on their home builder stuff that did spread like wildfire, and we had the phones ringing from uh, from that morning and still still going strong. Yeah, um, and we <laughs> we were talking about it just before we hit record on this, but there was uh, one of our guys here in the office uh, from Adelaide. Uh, Gab got a phone call yesterday to say um, that his mate had heard. That mm-hmm. Melbourne's uh, Melbourne's going through a freak second wave outbreak um, because of that one dude who who had some sort of uh, infection post protests on Saturday or Sunday whenever it was. So now apparently <laughs> Melbourne's plagued yeah. again. So Adelaide already thought Melbourne was plagued because of the bullshit media that's selling over there. Yeah, um, that's why he's the borders had, aren't open because yeah. of that. That's three quarters of the problem right now. He's he. A lot of his mates have have been convinced that Melbourne is in, is completely infected by, <laughs> by this yeah. fucking thing. I don't know why they don't just jump on World Ometer and have a look at the statistics. But yeah. it's the it's the consumption of news from untrustworthy sources. Mm. Um, where where what do you find is the most trustworthy source for news? Where do yes. you get your news? Yeah. So if like uh, I do like reading about property and finance and stuff like that. Um, like I mentioned, uh, I do like to, to see what Core Logic have to say. Um, SQ. What about not property? What about just every just general news? Where do you get your? Oh, general news. Oh, I do like the AFR to an extent because yep. it's it is some parts of it is is quite factual, um, and I'm I'm registered to a few uh, email uh, email outs that I get yep. quite regularly. I'm just trying to think of what I would have. I probably I've I've got to say, honest podcasts. Other honest mm. podcasts out there. That I would listen to them. They have guest speakers and yeah, I'd probably be the same actually. Uh, that would be my most trusted source. Yeah, I didn't ever think of that. I was thinking um, like I don't trust anything I see on the on the social spaces or anything like that. No, um, definitely not. Donald Trump's in, uh, Twitter account's pretty good. Oh, that, that's, a, that's just fun to watch. <laughs> that's just isn't entertainment. It? I love. I love. I, I, that's the only reason I, we've got a Twitter account. And uh, <laughs> and I just watch for that. He does. Him and Pompeo. The, uh, yeah, so they're, they're all funny guys, but um. I've got to say, yeah, listening to podcasts and listening to people, I mean, you know, I, when I listen to Tim Gurner, I, I generally, yeah, uh, listen... Uh, with intent. With to, intent, because yeah. he generally knows what he's talking about. I mean, he talked about the student exodus at the moment uh, coming out of the rental market, mm. which is now creating some problems, and I believe the rental market is the bigger problem right now. Commercial but, or residential? Oh, commercial's a problem, but just talking about residential for now. Yeah. Um, that... that you know, the students are leaving, uh, have been forced to leave, really. Um, oh, the uh, international students. Yeah, stuff. sorry, international students that have been pretty much forced to leave mm. um, because we haven't really had a focus on that. So that market is is uh, contracting a lot. Um, so that's been a challenge. But listening to, yeah, a lot of podcasts and, and whether it be property or just generally related. and, and does, that, does that rental market, was that focus on inner city? I guess yeah. not. Well, it's like, also got your Clayton's, your universities in out of the city, your yeah. RMITs and Bandura and that sort of thing. They've got a lot of mm. um, student accommodation. Would they be populated with um, international students as well? Definitely. I think some of the statistics are – Domain uh, noted that 41% of rental properties, mostly in, in a city, were discounted last month. Oh, fuck. 41% of properties. Mm. And then you look at Sydney, they're up to 5% uh, vacancy 
in Sydney. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's in the city, and that was also noted by them as well. So, um, yeah, there's some just worrying signs, especially because um, with the lockdown, Airbnb um, was prohibited at one stage, and probably people are a bit sceptical of, mm. of going and renting someone's house. They've gone on as normal leases now. Long-term leases Long-term. got off Airbnb. Correct. So there's a flood of properties. Ah, there's that were a, a short stay. You've got people that were in hospitality and retail moving home. So they're not renting anymore. Mm-hmm. They're moving back to their parents' house because they can't afford the rent. Mm-hmm. And the rental moratorium would have to be made up or, you know, they can't see themselves catching up and they'll have to go back home. Um, and, and you've got, like Tim Gurner mentioned, the student exodus in the inner city areas, uh, international students that are really, it's a perfect storm with the rental market. Mm. Um, whereas we're a little bit, more bullish on the actual residential property market from a look we couldn't see it achieving the 30 percent drops like they've mentioned mm. but that's more of a challenge so there are some w- more worrying signs probably in that area what's your outlook on the commercial space interesting so we um we've we've got some colleagues in in commercial i was actually on the phone with a couple of them this morning and and this they are seeing some uh positive signs some mm. more activity of people that have had businesses not so much affected that we're wanting to do something before covid coming back into the market now mm-hmm. but you've got segments in there and it's uh, vilif- uh verified from the banks giving us feedback that mm. they're not too interested in the banks are shit scared of commercial, commercial investment which yeah especially retail and hospitality <laughs> you'd think like the banks pay people in high places to make those decisions on reducing exposure on commercial assets and and um, reducing the level of rental income they'll take, this, yeah. that and the other. Um, it's interesting to see their approach to the commercial space when we, you would think even if it is for three months, six months, you're talking, uh, you call it five to 30-year loan terms, yeah. and they're, they've run for the hills over a, over a period of three months. Yes. Um there are lenders out there that haven't made any changes at all that I think will pick up an enormous amount of that, Absolutely. Of that work because you would think that they could, they would have the um, uh, probably got the, the the backing behind them to take that little long, bit of a risk for a couple and a long term long term long term view, yeah. <laughs> but is, yeah. that's the way that's why they always operate. They do need to protect themselves and they don't want another two thousand eight. So yeah, and that's fair enough. Kudos but but there are some more positive signs in the commercial space, and it's really um, uh, commercial class specific. Mm-hmm. But good to, to good to hear that, and and good to hear that that will improve, like restaurant spaces and that sort of thing. Or yeah, that, oh, that's probably contracted. So the the that uh, uh, hospitality and also retail is probably not on the agenda for commercial investors. And I think retail has probably been contracting for the last five, ten years. Yeah, anyway. Correct. It's it's yeah. It might Bridge Road, forever. Bridge Road, Chapel Street, those areas they're not they're not going to be the same ever again. Correct. Um, uh, now that I know my size with all my favourite brands, I don't leave my fucking desk. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so a few back and forths, and you you're, you're sorted. So yeah. Um, last one was just before we wrap it up. Was how do you what 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 do you think? Just spitballing ideas would be the best medium, given there's such an enormous opportunity for a reputable, trustworthy source of news mm. for someone to really take the take the reins on that. Yeah. and build a brand around it. Um, what medium would you think would be the best to convey trustworthy messages? Would you stick to the podcasts or? Oh, for, for any consumer out there, absolutely. Find, find your niche. It would be great if someone came out with a really good social media, like honest opinion, yeah. like uh, platform, because it, it would actually break away from 
the traditional crap the, yeah. <laughs> on, on socials. It'll be great to see someone on there. But if you're out there want something and you want something now, uh, I, I love doubling down in, in those areas and, and hearing about what people on the ground are seeing. Mm. So what people in media are seeing is just crap and it's all headline clickbait. What people on the ground are seeing yeah. is typically what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what, yeah, you, you generally get so the rather most Rather than you, you've almost got like... Um uh, like a civilian perspective on uh, on on what's going on, not a journalistic. I'm trying to make a story out of this, so how should I look at this and interpret this situation? Yeah, it's like no, I'm a fucking person. I'm involved in this. Yeah, I need this to, is what's this happening. Is what's happening? This is how I see it, yeah. rather than a journalist trying to create paper out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, it'd be awesome to see if there was one of those personalities who does speak the truth, like you, you Joe Rogan's, or someone like that, who could come out and say, you know what, I'm going into into news. I'm yeah. going into, yeah. into hosting hosting news where I get to vet the shit before it goes out to market. Yeah, um, and I get an honest opinion. Yeah, not just the just well, the spin. Well, yeah, exactly. His head screwed on, but uh, mate, that's that's the media. That's something yeah, we that's live it. with. Yeah. So we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it, and we'll keep an eye on the stories, and and see if we can pick out what we uh, what we like, what we don't like, and try and break it down. But that's pretty much it for this week, and we look forward good to uh, getting a, a good guest on next time. Absolutely, no, good one. Thanks, Sean. Legend.